Well, hi there. This here is Lenore Zan, a.k.a. Rogue of the X-Men, and you are listening to a special presentation of The Power of X-Men. And my co-host and star of the show today is... Emma Dumont, a.k.a. Polaris a long time ago. Yay, Polaris! <laughs> we love Yay, you! Rogue. Enter now the age of apocalypse, Shiga, with your hosts, Dayspring and Scott Free. The name's Cable. Remember it. And the only people who can stop Apocalypse are the mutants known as Dayspring, Scott Free, and Michelle. This is Captain America, and we need to defeat Apocalypse. What's up, Familia? Although you guys can probably do what's up, Familia, better than I can. What's up, Familia? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Howdy. That's okay. Howdy, Folks. Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Folks, I am so excited. We have Emma Dumont and Lenore Zan, aka Polaris and Rogue, on the podcast today. And this is our first time meeting. How are you humans doing? Yes. It's so great to meet you, Emma. And, you know, it's going to be fun to have this conversation. And I, I know we're going to be talking about some really important stuff that probably will hit home to a lot of your watchers, listeners. And I just want to say what, what an honor it is to be here to talk to both of you and that any of the, the community, our X-Men family that's out there and the LGBTQ2 plus IA community, um, I love you. And I'm so sorry that you're, you're being uh, harassed so greatly at this point in time by figures in your own um, governments. Uh it's it's a sad sad day and uh but i'm with you all the way oh my gosh and i was just gonna say it's such an honor to meet you <laughs> thank not you not me being so giggly and like nervous no i'm so giggly and nervous seeing both of you <laughs> together like oh my gosh <laughs> my I, be I feel like such a poser anyway no, no. I, listen no. I, get, I get to fanboy about both of you both of you are icons in the X-Men franchise. I'm sorry. I the Rogue <laughs> is a hallmark of the X-Men and Polaris. I mean, she is she's Polaris regal. She's is, royalty. Um she's like the unwanted third child or fourth, <laughs> actually. They who they shipped off to X Factor. No, just kidding. <laughs> she's a great character. I love yeah. Polaris. Oh, me too, yeah. And Rogue, obviously. I mean duh. <laughs> Duh. Thank you. Yeah. So the X-Women obviously are known in the X-Men franchise. Why do you think the X-Women are like the best out there? I would say intersectionality first and foremost, because we all know what, you know, X-Men represents, marginalized groups, um, you know, being different, made to made to feel like you are less than or, you know, the other ring of people. And then the women within that group have an additional uh, layer to their intersectionality, which I think is so uh, interesting and important for storytelling and representation. Yeah. And I think that intersectionality, especially when you're a reader, in my case, when you're a reader at a young age, you're seeing characters who occupy multiple identities. And you have that added layer of fantasy, which is mutant, right? Which is a stand-in for LGBTQIA+, or whatever the individual is experiencing on top of what the character already has in their history. So it's just this wonderful, like, 
posh, you know, like when you see the character come together on like panel or on on the gifted <laughs> or on X Men the animated series. Look at me plugging you guys. <laughs> Cringe. Yes. yes. I think that Marvel really did service to women as well by making sure that we were superheroes and that we were seen as superheroes uh, and it wasn't just the men who were getting to do that. Um, so I really do feel honored to play Rogue, who is supposedly the strongest woman in the universe. Um, you know, but I love the fact that that juxtaposed with that is it's very much like the mythic heroes of olden day where your mythic heroes also have a what we call an Achilles heel or a vulnerability. Um, and, you know, and rogues, as we know, is she she's strong. She can pick up buildings and throw them. She can do she can fly, but she can never allow herself to be intimate with anybody because she's afraid that if she does, she will actually kill them. I mean, that's pretty potent and pretty uh, huge responsibility to carry. And I think that's what makes her the interesting character that she is. And I, I'll bet you there's a lot of people out there who can relate to that in a, in a different way. Absolutely. I love Rogue. Everything you just said. Yes, yes. I can't. I, I don't know. Now I'm just rambling. But yes, <laughs> I don't know why, but Champagne Problems by Taylor Swift started playing in my head as you were saying all that. <laughs> no, but it's true. And it's ironic because she's like so human, quote unquote, you mm -hmm. know, and that's like yeah. pretty interesting. Well, it's yeah. a modern mythologies, right? I mean, mm. that's what they are. And and they're they're emblematic of humanity and our struggle and what we go through and, and sort of how we rationalize and cope with things. And I think that's what X-Men has done really well, especially, you know, for current readerships and within the last 30 years. I was just going to say, yeah, the last 30 years, I'm not going to say that the women of X-Men were super amazingly portrayed through all of history all the time. I'm not going to say that because, you know, times change, culture changes, we learn and we grow and we come become different. Um, you know, we become better people as we evolve. So I'm not going to say that it's always been great. But yeah, the last 30 years, definitely. And I have to throw in there and, and breast sizes are different. too, <laughs> And that's okay. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Thank you. Right? Like we don't all have to have these great big bosomous breasts and, nope. you know, like, and we don't all have that. And we also and don't all have to be naked all the matter. time. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're like close to it. <laughs> True. Oh my God. Gay boy. I never noticed the breast sizes. I, I'm sorry. Gay boy here. I love you. It's like I posted like a photo the other day of like Wanda or something. And someone's like, man, her breasts are enormous there. I'm like, and you're like, I, what? I'm like, I didn't notice. Like, she just looks so fat. <laughs> like, I love her hair. Like, right. But, you're like, yeah, she has great pecs. Um. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because, like, the hypersexual sexualization was something that ev totally evaded me, uh, you know, as a kid. Great. And mm -hmm. I think. I'm so glad it did. I did. Like, <laughs> yes. Sorry. Thank goodness. <laughs> but, like, now once you see it, it's so, like, it's in your face. And it's so weird. And it's so distracting at certain points. But I think both the characters you, like, portray, both of you portrayed like just went above that and just showed empowered, strong voices. Right. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. That's it. That's the other one. <laughs> and you're fabulous. Yes. And, dot, 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 and you're fabulous. <laughs> Thank you.
we we I'm sure Emma enjoyed doing her character as much as I enjoyed doing mine. It was and it still is. It's it's so exciting. I love getting in the studio and becoming rogue again. It's it makes my day. I wish I could do it every single day. It it's it's awesome. We are so excited for X-Men 97. The amount of DMs. Oh my gosh, yes. We're all waiting patiently on bated breath. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have a character in common. Both your characters have a character in common in Magneto. And what do you guys think of Magneto? I'm curious on your thoughts. And Lenore, like if you want to kick us off. I'd, like, I'd love to hear Polaris's take on Oh, Polaris. I have a lot to say about Magneto. <laughs> Let's get yeah. comfortable. Let's hear I, of course, love Magneto for everything Magneto stands for. You know, um, Magneto being sort of the bolder of the two sides, right? The two belief systems. Um, his story is remarkable. I mean, I love a Nazi hunter. Anyone who's a Nazi hunter, I'm all for that. Like, good for you. However, as I've grown older, I've realized that Magneto was wrong. Unfortunately, you can't, you know, like, it's not an eye for an eye. It just can't be. It just cannot be. And because that, that's sort of like, if you look at the real world, that's sort of how we've always lived. Or at least since, you know, England started to colonize places. It's always been like violence first. You get what you want by being strong and being forceful. And I guess it's sort of like the only way people think they can revolutionize culture or whatever or gain acceptance is by being, I don't want to say violent, but being forceful. Yeah, being aggressive. And I think that's incorrect because no one's ever tried it the other way. Um, And I just, I don't, I don't know. I just think he was wrong in parts of his thinking. And and what do you think of, of your relationship with him, of Polaris's relationship with him? Oh, who knows? One day she's, <laughs> he's the dad, and the next day he's not the dad. <laughs> we should have... The real the, the red button question is, what do you think of Nurse Annie? <laughs> oh my gosh, Nurse Annie. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, but like, Emma, to, to what you're saying, it's... I understand what you're saying about that cycle of violence at a certain point that that hyper anger and violence has to end somewhere. And and sort of you I, I don't know where I'm at in my life right now. I, I think I'm still in the camp that Magneto was right. And it's probably because I live in Florida right now. Mm-hmm. And our governor is a piece of shit and making it very scary here. Yeah, absolutely. you know, and I was just talking to my husband over over brunch and he was here like, and do you know a lot of the funding for LGBTQIA plus, you know, groups are being taken away from, you know, government funding. And I was like, that's terrifying. So like the college we went to, I had a, it was called a gay straight alliance back then, GSA. Oh my gosh. Yes, it was called it was, GSA. It was GSA. Yeah, It was just GSA. Oh my gosh. Back when I was straight. So yeah. funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, it's scary to me that these programs that should have evolved are yeah. now evaporating and, and they've evolved to very nuanced spots where you can have a conversation and now they're evaporating. So part of me is angry. Part of me is just like, Ooh, yeah. you know, like I, and I understand that anger with, with Magneto. I understand that um, too. And I, I could not agree more. I think my thing is more so like, I don't believe in Magneto or Xavier. Xavier is too passive. Magneto is too physical. I think there's a middle ground where you can be forceful, but use the Xavier 
And they can save know, her brain. Beat them at their own game, right? Like all these bad guys in real life, they need to get out of office. They're doing illegal things. They're being bought by billionaires. Literally, this is against the constitution. Like get them out. It's interesting. You know, I've always thought of uh, Magneto and Xavier in in the sense that they remind me of Mar- uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Those that that's how I see them. And I do see both sides and I see why they feel the way they feel. And I w- and I understand why Malcolm X felt the way he felt and why he espoused what he did and also why martin luther king did what he did and said what he said um it's interesting if you if you kind of look at them both as two sides of the same coin in a way spiritually speaking together they they make up a whole and where they merge is where the sweet spot is and i think that's where we have to move forward but you know it's like if you look back at Hitler's Germany and you see the Nazis starting to imprison gays and uh, drag queens, um, people who are not white Aryan people, um, you know, and in the beginning there were fewer of them than the rest of the population. So nobody really did too much about it. And then as time went on, they started getting more and more different groups of people and exterminating them. Um, So I'm seeing a very scary trend happening here. And uh, I don't like what I see. And having been a politician myself here in Canada for 12 years, four elected terms to office. (laughs) Yes, I I have to say, you know, I think... Fascism needs to be called out when we see it. And I'm seeing fascism emerging in a way that I do not like and which is not healthy for America or for the world. I could not agree more. And But I'm just wondering, like, these people, these high ups in power, and it's not just the politicians, it's the people who are above them even, these really, you know, the 0.06% or whatever, how are they able to buy judges? How are they able to break the law? How are they able to get away with anything? And therefore, the politicians below them are able to get away with anything. Why aren't we, the hundreds of millions of U.S. citizens, why aren't we all saying, hold up, this isn't right. You need to leave. You are suspended from your uh, position as a public servant. I hired you. You know, like we're the boss. Because they've gerrymandered the ridings where the votes take place. They've gerrymandered them in such a way that they control what's going on. And then they're trying to do things to stop people voting. You know, they're trying to make it more difficult for diverse people to vote. And then you've got the, um, the the, the, the electoral college too isn't that what it's called yes. I mean, <laughs> right? and i are just laughing you're we're like, like oh right? boy that nonsense right we don't have that in canada oh we know <laughs> oh yeah right? we are well aware y'all so, do it a lot better than we do yeah you guys are in a better position than we are get, get rid of the electoral college you don't need that you don't need that mm-hmm. you know and and yeah and we have and you have to really really keep on Pressing people to get out and vote. People who care about these issues. People who care about the fact that they're taking away a woman's right 
to have um, her birth control or abortion or whatever she wants to do with her body. Like, this is not okay. We're going mm -hmm. backwards. It's going backwards here. So, you know, and the gun issue as well with all these shootings, you know, what is it? Two shootings a day now, 204 and already it's, it's very, very sad and scary to watch. And um, having been someone who also experienced a mass shooting here in my area um, in Canada, it was the largest mass shooting in Canada's history. It It's terrifying and it, it needs to stop. And I, and I do believe that um, gun control is necessary in order to do that. The countries where they have better gun control have less of these shootings, if not, you know, if not none, they have very few. Lenore, for our listeners who may not be aware of what happened in your area, could you, if it's not too troubling to recount, could you tell us what happened with the shooting? Well, we were under lockdown from the pandemic and um, our our area, our province or state, which is Nova Scotia, where I live, was um, under state of emergency. So it meant that nobody could leave their homes except to go to the pharmacy or doctor or to the sh shops to go buy groceries. Um, and it was just a couple of months into the pandemic. It was in April of 2020. I was the the uh, elected member of parliament here. And I got a call from uh, the prime minister's office on a Sunday morning saying, um, we're just calling you because we're concerned. Are you aware of what's going on in your constituency? And I said, no, like, what do you mean? We're under lockdown. We're in a state of emergency. Nobody's allowed out of their houses, basically. What, what's going on? And they said, well, there's an armed man, dangerous, who has already killed people. And he's on his way to Truro, which is where I live, a small little town. And he, we believe he's going to be killing again. So can you get the word out to your constituents to lock their doors and windows and no, you know, don't open the doors to anybody. And I was like, how am I supposed to reach all of these people? Like, isn't there an emergency alert system that the police can put out or, you know, and it turned out that the police didn't put out an alert, which really they should have. And the man proceeded to um, kill in the end, 22 innocent people. One of them was a pregnant woman. Oh. And um, he finally got caught by police by pure accident. He had taken the car of one of the, the last people he murdered and it ran out of gas and he had to go to a gas station and some police were there also filling up and they looked over and they went, hey, isn't that the guy that we're looking for? And it was. And a shootout occurred and he died. He was murdered. I mean, he was killed by the police. But he... Um, but but the fact that was that this man had been an angry individual. He had been a, a wife beater who people had reported to the police before for his violence. He had beaten up like a young kid for driving a bicycle in his yard one time. He had been reported a number of times. Yeah. And he'd also been reported as being somebody who's not only violent, but had st a stash of weapons. And no nobody did anything until it was too late. And he, he got a, a police car. He fixed up a police car to look like a, a real police car. And he put a police uniform on and he drove around in his police car and he killed all these people. So it was it was traumatic. 
to everybody and we all we all know somebody who died or are related to or went to work with somebody and you know and we're still feeling it today so i my heart goes out to everybody who has experienced any of these terrible violent crimes and i really do believe in red flag laws you know um and the mental health thing yeah n- nobody should have guns who is not of sane mind and and the age i mean why should an 18 or 19 year old be able to go out and just get a semi-automatic weapon what what are semi-automatic weapons for they're they're for killing large numbers of people quickly they're not for hunting you're not going to go hunting deer with a ak-15 or whatever so you know so yeah you do need to have better gun control laws and the gun industry doesn't want to hear that because it's all about the money follow the money Right. Yeah. That's no, what it I is. mean, it's what what you both were saying. Like they they've been able to buy their way into the law and, and rework the, the system. It's terrifying. It yeah. Is. And also 18, 19 year olds not only don't need um semi auto weapons, and if they are gonna claim it's for hunting, it's like for what? You're not beating a family of seven. You're an eighteen year old kid. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there's no logical reason that that these things Look, I understand that there's a lot of fear in this country right now, and I totally am with you, with everyone, and I see it, and I'm part of it, and I fear, and we're all terrified. But having a gun or a semi-automatic weapon behind every American door isn't going to save save us. It's it's just not. No. Um, I don't know what people are scared of specifically. I know people are scared of a, some sort of government takeover is what I've heard that where they need to bear arms up against their government. And I'm just like, whoa, what, what, what? It's, it's really- I know. We don't, we don't have that Second Amendment thing here in Canada and most countries don't. So you don't hear that argument. Yeah. And to me, it's a false. It's almost like a false flag. It's a straw man. You know, the thing is, you don't need those kinds of weapons. Regular, ordinary people don't need those kinds of weapons. And they need to be curtailed. And um, that's why you've got people suiciding at the rate that you do using guns. That's why you have these huge mass shootings. And it's the availability of these weapons and the accessibility. And it's really sad to see. It's so sad to see. And there's no reason why we can't have a gun safes be required. There's no reason that we need to be giving anyone and everyone a firearm. I I don't, I don't like it, but I do understand that there's like other things that need to be handled as well. And I'm hoping that potentially once we get our government into better shape, have better people in office, get rid of the pyramid scheme that is our country. Maybe people will feel more safe and we'll start becoming more Canadian. No one come for me. Americans who are listening, don't come for me. <laughs> and then we can feel like we maybe can relax and say, oh, okay, I don't need those five guns. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, like, sorry, Paul, I was going to say, you know, the, the whole thing about love and compassion and kindness, and we're in this together. We need to focus on the fact that we are loving, kind people who really want our children to do well, we want to be happy. We want to be free from suffering, um, as the Buddhists talk about. And, you know, and, and we really need to focus on those positives rather than the things that that we don't like about someone else or the negatives and, and get into these huge 
fights between tribes as they as they like to call them. Ah, yes, our two tribes. <laughs> oh, we We're got getting, yeah, here in Canada, we have a few different uh, parliament uh, political parties, so it's not just the one or the other. In fact, like Bernie Sanders is a social democrat, and here in Canada, we have the new Democratic Party, which is a third party, which is like the Bernie Sanders Party of Canada, really. Gotcha. And um, I had belonged to that party for 10 years here in Nova Scotia. And we did make up the government for four years. And then we were the opposition for six. And then I also moved into the Liberal Party of Canada, which is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. He you know, asked me if I would run federally, but for his party, which is the Liberal Party of Canada, and I loved what he was doing where it comes to diversity and inclusion and the environment and climate change and all of these things um, and people's rights, you know. And so I said, sure. And so for two years, I also worked with him and I got to see what it's like to be in a government where you've got the Liberal Party, you have the NDP, New Democratic Party, you have the um, Bloc Québécois, which is a French party in Quebec and also the Conservatives uh, and the Green Party. And there are also two Green parties. So it, it's different when you've got a when it's made up of a number of different parties and it's not just the two parties constantly at each other all the time. Yeah, it's more realistic. You can't split humans into black and white. It's not this or that ever. And I don't even understand why there are parties personally. I'm not very educated. And maybe, Lenore, you you could educate me a little bit, but I, I just don't get it. Like, maybe we just vote for what we believe in. And also, I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound crazy. I don't care to hear about any single one politician, just U.S. politicians' uh, opinions or thoughts on anything. I don't care if you believe some people should have human rights or you think other people shouldn't have human rights. Your opinion does not matter to me. You are a representative of us, of the people. So keep your keep your opinions away. Tell your wife and your husband or whoever it is when you go to sleep at night. But you're supposed to represent us and what's good for us. That's why we're supposed to vote in people who believe and have the values and the principles that we also believe in. Mm -hmm. That's why it's important who you vote for. Make sure you know what their values are and what they're going to stand up for and what they are not before you vote for them. Yeah, absolutely. It just it baffles me that because, Emma, I agree with you. It's like you, you have your personal opinions on something, but you have your job and your job is to represent the people. You are supposed to be emblematic of it. But to what you're saying as well, Lenore, it's like we just don't live in those times anymore. Like people you have to vote on character now and where they land. And unfortunately, in America, it is a very polarizing landscape here right now. And it's just either you're 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 one uh, at one end of the the room or you're, you're on the other and there is no middle ground there's no multitude of opinions or nuances here you're just it almost feels like what was i read I, I was reading al gore's book the assault on reason a couple of years ago and that's it's the media generating these polarizing views of of everything and they're all bought by sponsors that's it. Yeah. I mean, America, I, I can't speak to Canadian politics by any means, but here, America, yeah. it feels so transparent right now. It, exhaustingly transparent. And you think at this point, we all get it, right? We see that Facebook ad. We see that 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 Pepsi with, you know, or Diet Coke with Ann Coulter, right? Like, And it's not, 
it, it's still not registering with some folks. I think we know. I just don't know. I think people feel helpless and hopeless. They feel that we can't do anything. However, it is our constitutional right to restructure the government if we see that it is unethical and ill-fitting for our times. And it is. Literally what you just said, you're either in the, what what is it, like the Bloomberg party or you're in the Musk party or you're in the whatever party these billionaires are donating to. They, you know, you can track the money. You can see where it comes from. Um, so I just don't know why, again, there are like 300 and something million of us or yeah, million of us. Why can't we just say, oh, I think it's time to have our constitutional rights and I would like a restructuring because none of these people are doing right by us. This is why in Canada we have laws whereby only period. <laughs> we, have, we have laws where only individuals can donate to parties and campaigns, and they can only uh, donate up to five thousand dollars. They That's can't great. donate more. So Millions and billions, right? Yeah, like so. So corporations, companies, even unions—they're not allowed to in invest or to donate to these parties because. Because then it, they are going to try and swing it one way or the other. So, so that's why you know those those rules are really important too. And yeah, there are some changes that could definitely be made. Um, but isn't it interesting? We're talking about these these huge combating interests and how they are poised to fight each other, just like the X Men <laughs> and what they're dealing with. And Magneto and Professor Xavier and those two, those two ideologies, right? That's why I think the X-Men is so universal and why it's perfect timing, actually, for us to come back. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Yes, please. Well, especially yes. since Bo, I think Bo had released a general synopsis that like the the tide for the public perception for the mutants in X-Men 97 has changed in favor of the mutants and the X-Men are starting to get a taste of that acceptance. And then something mm -hmm. happens that calls all that into question. And I think it, it goes to, and we saw this in the gifted as well. It's the nuance of these politics. And, and that's where a lot of these issues lie, that it's just not as cut and dry as we, as it is portrayed out there. And I think that is why the X-Men do so well let me ask you guys about the mutant metaphor for your respected uh shows how do you think your shows handled the mutant metaphor now that you've had some i lenore i know you still have x-men 97 but you know the original series how do you guys feel about the mutant metaphor now that you have some time away from the work you guys did oh i thought i thought the gifted was dead on dead on i mean we had a nazi we had like our one of our lead characters was a sentinel nazi guy and we showed those groups and you know what it's like and where that trauma came from and um uh lenore a little bit of background there was a, a character sentinel services uh uh agent and he lost a daughter to a big big event having to do with mutants um so basically mm -hmm. basically you can say mutant killed his daughter right and so then he became super hyper anti-mutant he lost his wife over his anti-mutant agenda and feelings and philosophies and he got sucked into this group of anti-mutant you know for lack of a better word nazis and mm. um it really i actually thought that character was one of the most important characters because it's a story that's never 
like really dug into. It's sort of like a street level, brutal, like raw look at what that is, what being discriminatory and having a lot of hate and trauma in you and where that comes from um, looks like. So I think Gifted did a great job um, at that, but I didn't write it. So I don't know. That's really interesting. That That's almost like what's happening with many young white men online when they get sucked into some of these groups, mm-hmm. you know, these discussion groups, which start off with like little jokes and things like that about women or about this or that or the other thing. And then they very quickly, you know, they suck them in and get yeah. them going down that rabbit hole into the dark, the dark web yeah. of misogyny and, and prejudice and bigotry and it's like um it's a it's a mind washing technique in a way you know and it's yeah. like again i have to go back to like what hitler did in in germany and they they brainwashed so many people to believe you you know they keep repeating like somebody we know keeps repeating the big lie over and over and over again and eventually people believe it absolutely it's yes. happening again now you know yeah, and it's so- and it's it's happened throughout history. Yeah. It's, it's wild and very sad. I mean, I always, I always know, and I always tell myself like humans are so fragile. We love to think we're great, big, we're top of the food chain. We're, we're, ah, we're the best. We're not, we're, we're sensitive. We're vulnerable. We're weak. We, we, especially in late stage capitalism, as we are in the U S we are all like desperate for survival. And we're at the, we're kind of just at the worst place we've ever been as far as emotionally and mentally um vulnerable um and so yeah yeah I'm also concerned I hear I hear you with that and you know I've been reading a lot and studying a lot about climate change and all these things too and you know many of us are very concerned about the way things are going for the planet with pollution and um the global warming and seas rising and land sinking and all all kinds of you know, forest deforestation and all these beautiful animals going extinct and mankind is just a very young species and I do you know and if you look at the grand scheme of things and I do look at it and go you know are we going to become extinct ourselves because of what we do to this planet but but I know that people are feeling overwhelmed and frightened and feeling like, you know, it's just all too much. And many young people are having, you know, anxiety about climate change and about what's going on there. But I, I, again, have to say, you know, we have to move through this world with principles and stick to them and do whatever we can to educate others in ways that we open doors and we open windows instead of just shutting them and closing them off because that's just so easy to do and people are they're revved up they're like they're they're revved up ready to go to battle and you know i mean we need to step back and and breathe and go hold on a minute i'm here life Mm -hmm. is short i'm here for the moment right in this moment how am i doing i'm okay i've got a roof over my head okay do i have something to eat in the next little while okay i'm doing all right now what can I do to help others? What mm. can I do to be altruistic? What can I do to help the planet? Yeah. And and even if you do a small one thing, two things each day, believe me, it'll make you feel a little bit better. 
one, one thing I did during the um, during the wildfires of Australia, where mm -hmm. I'm originally from, I was born in Australia, moved to Canada when I was eight. Um, so I love little Australian animals, always have like little koalas. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was yeah, all the deadly all ones little, too. Just oh, going. the deadly ones. Not so keen <laughs> on the deadly ones, but I have encountered them. Um, but the koalas in particular, I love, and most people do. And when I started to see that they were getting burnt and that they couldn't escape because they're slow moving and everything, I, I started looking into it. And there are these koala hospitals in Australia that were taking in these little koalas that people would find and that needed help to get healed. And if they were well enough after a while, put them back out into the wild where there is a wild, where there are actually eucalyptus trees that they can live in. Anyway. So I have a friend who's a teacher who teaches uh, environment and science and uh, all these kinds of things. And he told me that his kids, like these kids in grades seven and eight, were very concerned about them, too. So I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, they can adopt a koala. They have a program where if you had, I think it was $40, 30 or $40, you collected 30 or $40, you could uh, symbolically adopt a koala and, you know, you would get a little certificate, a little adoption certificate, and then they would send you updates on your little koala and how the koala is doing. You could watch videos and all this. So the kids fell in love with that idea and they started a thing called Coins for Koalas. Coins for Koalas. And they would gather a dollar or two dollars, whatever, till they had 30 or 40 dollars. And then they would adopt a koala. So that school adopted 22 koalas over the course of like, two years and then other schools started doing it and the kids felt great because it taught them that they could actually do something that there was something they could actually do to make a difference and they could see the difference and I think that's what we all that's what we need and that's what we, you know if we can think in ways like that even like the, the elephants that need to be rescued from, you know, and bears from the bile firms and children who are starving. Um, you know, all of these things, we, we can help in many ways, small or big. And it, it helps. It does. It helps. Absolutely. And to piggyback on that, I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm going to double down and say, yeah, altruism needs to be taught in schools because culturally, at least in the U.S., our, mm, let me say, our cultural norm is selfishness, uh, maybe even narcissism on, you know, it's on a spectrum. So I'm not saying every person is a wild narcissist, but that the trait, you know, to be selfish, to worry about yourself, to just get as far as you can in this life and pass on your inheritance and all this stuff. And so I think you're right that if we teach people young that it's okay to be caring towards others, to be compassionate, to fight off the selfishness with the opposite of selfishness, altruism and being giving and compassionate. And I love this because children, children love animals and they're like innocence, you know, they're they're We see them sort of like we see children as just like innocence of this earth. And so if children can help animals, I think that will instill in them this like idea that it's okay to be helpful. It's okay to care for others because I've experienced times as an adult even where people are like you're too caring for others you need to just think about yourself and forget everyone else and i'm like who told you that <laughs> i hate it exactly. when people say that when they scared. say things like that like oh you care too much about someone else like you need to care about yourself and it's like listen self-care and like making sure you know you have of the course. necessities of course 
But I think, you know, we saw this during the pandemic. Emma, we've talked about it. Like with the debate about masks and everything, it's like, who cares if the science, what the science is saying right now, if wearing a mask is going to help our fellow person, if there is a shot at least 20 years from now, I can look back and say, I cared enough about my neighbor to wear my mask and make sure that they were being taken care of. And it yes. just, it, for me, it's one of those things that like, there, there are certain aspects, and we saw this during the pandemic, that transcend you and, you and your basic needs of what you think your freedom should be. It's like, no, we mm -hmm. are a community. We're going through this huge global event. Like, we do have to help each other. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And, and when did it stop being a good thing to help each other? <laughs> I, like, I honestly think you know? after the Industrial Revolution, maybe, is where... It... <laughs> Well, no, for real, because it's like, we have, like my grandparents were, at least my grandmother was like a depression baby. And after that, it was like, hoard as much as possible. And at first it was just like hoarding basic necessities, right? Food, shelter, but now it's hoarding wealth and hoarding cars and hoarding all this stuff. And I think it's uh, done, a, done, done a number on us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and to, to be honest, to get back to what's going on with these attacks on the LGBTQ two plus IA community. Um, it's not right. And I, and I, my, my heart just goes out to everybody in the States who is feeling lost and alone and abandoned by their own government officials yeah. and by people who seem to feel that it's okay to rise up and say things to others that are rude and abusive and accusatory. Uh, I mean, it's not okay. This is not normal and we can't normalize it. And um, I, I just love you all. And uh, I really look forward to meeting so many of you on the road as I go to comic cons and different states to meet all kinds of people. And I really hope our show X-Men 97 helps you and speaks to you. And yeah, we love you. <laughs> I'm just so glad that we are able to have spaces like this, where we have conversations like this, because Emma and I have talked about this before. Like we need to have these conversations about what's going on in the world and how fucked up things are now. And especially I, I can only speak to Florida. I can't because I'm coming from New York. Everything felt, I mean, New York doesn't feel safe right now, but for different reasons. But I mean, like in terms of being who you are, I felt protected. And now being in Miami, in Florida, I'm like, they, they're not, they don't even want to teach gay, you know, to kids. They, they want to wipe us from the, the history books. And that's a terrifying thing. I know. And they're doing or the same thing with, with black history. Yes. And, I mean, they don't want to talk about slavery. It's, it's ridiculous. You know what it is? Remember after uh, slavery was abolished and then we had that period of time where like, I forgot how long it was, maybe 15 years where we were like going forward, going forward, going forward. And then we got, I think into the 1900s and then it was like, we, got, we just like, we got shot backwards, like a billion steps. I like think we're in one of those now, right? Because I, I feel that we like... Every, we were like the 60s, late 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. We're like, great, let's fight for good things, equality, blah, 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 anti-war. And now we're going back, back, back. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 stop it, stop it. Banning books? Is this a joke? No. Is Terrible. it a joke? It's ridiculous. What? Like, Yeah. 
I remember there are books. There are books about this. Like there are books been... about banning books. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I just hope and pray that in the next few years, people wise up and rise up, wise up and rise up, and uh, start really getting po politically active. Um, because politics is the way right now, and we do need good people in there who have, um, who who believe in diversity. Like our prime minister here in Canada, you know, who says diversity is our strength. Um, this is the way forward, and the other way is a dead end. And I really hope that people realize it and stop it, put the brakes on, on it, and start to come out in large numbers and vote those mofos out of office. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Lenore. How's that? Oh, my God. Hi. Hi. How are you? How are you? Oh, my gosh. Now that the adult left. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, like, oh, my God. Oh, my, like, I'm so impressed. I love her so much. I'm, I literally think I talk too much on this podcast, and I just let both of you guys talk. That's it. You guys can host your own podcast. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take a vacation, and both of you just go at it. No, no, we need you. You're the glue that holds everything together. I'm Wait, this like, is your podcast. What do you mean? What do you mean you're just out? You'll leave. No, you can't leave. <laughs> I'm like, yes, hi. Like, Emma, Lenore, Ropa, Lars, isn't it great? And then you guys just go into these wonderful conversations. But that's like, we've talked about this. This is, yeah. that's supposed to be the vibe, especially Absolutely. when you're dealing with a community, like the one, like we're For part sure. of. And I love Lenore so much. I love, I love her because she exists in a parallel universe to my own. She exists in a totally different space time with a different context, different nuances. She is of a different generation than me from a different land that it has maybe their shit more together. And I love the, I I love the idea. I mean, it's a little Xavier. We're maybe like a little critical parish, and I, where she's very much like, you got to go out, you got to vote. And I'm yeah. very much like, that has not worked thus far. We maybe need to try something different. And I think that's so cool and awesome and interesting. And um, yeah, I love it. I just love it. You said something, though, that I think framed so much, because I think right now in like the comics, when you're thinking of Magneto, it's Magneto was right. And and people have this very black and white approach about like Xavier's too passive. Magneto's the way to go, especially in today's world. But when you talked about this idea of like recycling the hate and using that what colonial colonial like behavior of colonization and 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 being angry and you know my my might is bigger than your will and i will wrangle it, it does come to a point where we need to end that cycle of violence mm -hmm. and we do need to at a certain point like take a step back and be like yeah. the system has not worked so it far it hasn't worked it has and not worked and, and we, we're, we're proof of that. Like, we did it. We did it for however many years. We're actually so young, which is so funny. But, like, we did the trial run. Yeah. It didn't work. <laughs> they came here. They killed a bunch of people. Not even just in the U.S. In all of the Americas, mm -hmm. killed a bunch of people, blah, blah, blah. And it didn't work. You can't start something good with bad. If the origins of the thing, country, place, corporation, whatever it is, the organization is bad, then you can't have a flourishing, healthy um, future. And I, yeah, I'm sort of just like at that point where I'm like, I am a pacifist. I don't believe in violence. I think it's really bad. No human human life is 
less valuable than any other human life. No one deserves to be hurt or harmed or injured. Even if, and this is where people are going to cancel me. Even if you are a very bad person, I do not believe, like, I don't believe in the death sentence. Like, I just don't, it's not, I don't, I, but I believe in intellectual combat. I believe in words. I believe in linguistics and, and logic and empathy and compassion. And I believe that if we ignore the billionaires, like, just ignore them, ignore them and ignore their little puppets, right? Ignore yeah. the Clintons, ignore the, the, you know, like, even like, you know, we love Bernie, but he, even he like fundraised from the people from like, yeah the poor people like from us and then use that millions and millions of dollars. It's just, it's, it's none of it's quite right. You know, everyone's kind of guilty and I think we should all just ignore them and do what's best for us. I will never forget when Jill Stein after, you know, the election, the 2016 election was like, I'm going to, I'm going to raise some money to do a recount and recount never happened. And I gave my $5, which was big for me. I was working in editorial at the time. You know, you, yes. these edit jobs, you're not, you're not banking money. $5 no, was, you that was my rat trap on the subway. But no, I believed honestly. in it. And why? Because I fucking believed in, mm-hmm. in making sure we had a fair and honest election and stuff like that. But yeah, the people source it from, from the, from the people. And then where did that money go? Where'd my $5 go, Jill Stein? Where? Yeah, we need it back. Pronto. Can we'll I get a refund? Send an invoice. Let's send an invoice. Let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, even like, like, I, yes, I, I agree. I agree with myself that we should send invoices to all these people. <laughs> Can you imagine if I was like, no, we're not sending an input. No, I agree with you. Well, and like the thing is, and like what I found particularly interesting about our conversation, specifically your perspective on a lot of things is, listen, you you read Hillary Clinton's book. She talks a a lot about fake news and the media and all that. What was Trump saying? Fake news and the media and all this stuff. What's happening Mm -hmm. now in the U.S.? We find out that the FBI is coming out saying that like. Obama and the Clintons were in cahoots to take down Trump and fabricated this like, you know, relationship with Russia. This is just the news, you know, of what's coming out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all. Yeah, it's yeah. And it's like you you now understand it's like, oh, we're just pawns. Whatever the truth is, whatever the fuck the truth is, I'm not here to say we are just there is something larger than ourselves happening and we're being spun a like a publicity statement. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm at the point where like, I agree with you. Like, I'm not going to say what the truth is because yeah. guess what, honey? I wasn't there. Yeah. Like, I wasn't there. I, I wasn't in those rooms. I How can I say what the rooms. truth is? Just because I, I read I like just, one article? No. No. Right. Or like whatever, some whatever, like told me on the news or whatever media, but like yeah. who, who is running it? Who There's like a secret. There's like a, I'm going to sound so conspiracy theory right now, bring it, but that's, bring it, bring it. but it's like, the truth is like, those things are probably like based in like somewhat in truth. Like they're what is it called? What do they call the secret government? They call it the The Illuminati? Is that no, no, the... no, no that's the people who are running the world the... on their backs. I mean, yeah, whoever it is, the Masons, the Illuminati, oh, Disney, oh, yeah. the whoever it is, whoever it is, the undertakers of whatever. I don't know these people, but it seems like they're a bunch of billionaires that get to do whatever they want. I found out today that there's a family called the Bass family, which I didn't know. And they're apparently like billion, billion billionaires. They're out of Texas at buildings and everything named after them, stadiums and so forth, I think. And apparently there's like talks allegedly this is all alleged i don't know anything because again i wasn't there there are like people are wondering why why in this town where these billionaires own so much they own the police force they own the blah blah blah, blah allegedly i don't know the truth um why there's so much child trafficking going on 
Yeah. Do you, Same listen. with Bakersfield. Why is there so much tra- child trafficking? Why aren't the CIA and FBI, like, or even, who is it? The CSA? Who's the people that watched us? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Who, who, who are the what? people that monitor us? <laughs> anyway, I don't know who they are, but, like, no, come on. The fancy one. It's like the FBI. We don't is even the know. CIA? I, you also I don't know. I'm so good. <laughs> the NSA. The oh, NSA, the right? NSA. Oh, the NSA. Yes, 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 yes. The <laughs> National Security Agency. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I love how I'm like, P- PGA, PWA. I'm like, well, when you said wait. watching us, I was like, wait, on the gifted? Like, yeah, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> us right now. Anyway, but like, guys at the yeah. NSA, like, stop watching me. I'm boring. I am, I'm like a loser. Okay. You don't need to watch my TikToks of me, like, desperately trying to find a job and not be homeless. Go find the child traffickers. What are you doing? You have the, you have the resources, you have the time. What are you doing if you're not doing that? Why aren't you stopping the the active shootings? What is even going on? Why? why? Paul, tell me. I don't know why the active shootings is a thing that's still happening. Do you know the story? I don't know if I've told you this. My uncle is on trial for murder because much like what we were talking about earlier in this episode, he has a history of mental health issues. Allegedly, yeah, this is all allegedly because this is all allegedly. No, alleged. no, no, we this were never there. Happening. We were never there, friends. Wait, I was not there. I was I was in New York when this when this event happened. But like my uncle, like had complaints after complaints filed against him, and mm-hmm. my cousin moved into a house in a neighborhood here in Florida, and my the the neighbor's dog was defecating on my cousin's lawn. My uncle. Obsessive like he's like about defecating. this. Yeah. Like pooped it, on the line. Pooped off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it's a it's a Florida man it's story. A, you can dogs do that. Yeah, they poop. They poop. Yeah, yeah, they and, do. And so, so my uncle got really angry and confronted someone he thought was a neighbor, and mm-hmm. ended up killing the uh, allegedly killing allegedly. the neighbor in self defense. That that's his story, but it's not. Sure. You know, it's not the the whole thing. But like we weren't there. Yeah. How does how does my uncle, who has a history of, you know, all of these complaints forged against him, how can he just walk in and buy a gun? This has nothing to do with stripping you of your Second Amendments. Listen, no, not at all. I'm Cuban-American. I understand the Cuban Revolution. The guns were taken away. It's a very big issue for Cubans. I understand that. But at the same time, you have someone with all of these citations against them. Obviously, mm-hmm not a very well-adjusted member of society. Why are they allowed yeah. to have arms? That is scary. Yeah. That is really scary. And even even taking it one step further, not only why are they allowed to uh, why are they allowed to bear arms, why aren't they being given services, resources, yeah. help? Yeah. What is going on? Why it's- are we being abandoned? Why are we being abandoned? Meanwhile, Coca-Cola or like uh, uh, Nestle, the Nestle company or Co- PepsiCo or whoever it is, I don't like who are these people, these billionaires. I literally want to like throw up because they literally give money to the politicians to make the laws that we have to live by and our children have to live by. And this is so sad. I'm so sorry that happened. I'm so sorry that. And they, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, no. And they changed the law and it's, and and we don't even know about it. It's quietly changed. But, you know, you're right. And it's, you know, it's funny because I'm thinking of your, what happened with my uncle, you know, the family that lost their father. I mean, it was a wife with two kids. She started a GoFundMe. And the GoFundMe, this is years ago at this point. It's like seven, okay. ten years. Yeah, it wasn't I'm like, like about last to post week. it. I'm like, send me the link. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like seven, ten years ago at this point. Sadly, I can't believe it's been that long. But it's mm-hmm. a fucked up It's a fucked up case. I'll tell you offline. But okay. 
people benefit like these are the real people who need the help and these are the people who like can you imagine being this family and like the the florida system is so rigged the nra has gone involved because it's a gun you know issue and of course and the nra was made the same year the kkk was made illegal what are we doing friends it's obvious yes i think it's important to have training and safety mm. insurance insurance or whatever you want but why is it the nra why are they why? paying all these politicians i don't How know are, why are you in florida are you safe there we, miami is very i know it's so hard to like conceptualize with other people like miami is so different from the rest of florida and though it's like it's, austin yeah we're austin's in texas but it's not texas yeah i wouldn't say it's as liberal or progressive as as austin (laughs) here or that big of a safe haven but no that you're exactly right that's the same vibe here like i'm not i'm not gonna be shot down you know because i you know i'm gay with my husband in my neighborhood like we we're privileged we're hashtag because you're making out with your hot husband i mean mean, literally and that's what we were doing earlier today (laughs) because i hadn't seen him in like a month i was like daddy daddy jeff i'm so happy to see him (laughs) no but like no florida's fucked i have to tell you it was so funny because i don't i i have a lot of issues with my parents we've talked about this before especially currently i think my dad is an emotionally abusive awful human being i have a lot of unresolved issues with my mom and she has mm-hmm. dementia alzheimer's now so like i, I can't reason yeah. i can't rationalize these things at a certain of point course. i do have to um we talked about this last episode yeah. they they're flawed they have their issues right so it's my job now to like move on it's not does not excuse what they did but i have to move on of course not but yeah i loved miami i love florida as 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 a natural, beautiful landscape. I love yes. the ocean here. I love yes. how the, the sun falls on the land. For mm-hmm. me, I love it so much. I think it's the biggest bullshit that we finally, or adults, we were we were able to buy something in the neighborhood I grew up around. And now the country, the government is like literally going against us. My family are people I don't recognize at all. And it's terrifying. But that being said, you know, I'm safe. It's totally safe. That's not an issue. There, there are other parts of this state that people are not safe. We are, are safe. Not safe. We, they're safe. I, mean, and that's, that's, I think it's every state, though. Like even Northern California, very yeah. conservative. There are yeah. places there where you're not safe. Um, it's it's wild. It's wild. And I kind of just want everyone to realize that, like, it's not us. Like even no. your dad. Like it's not you, dude. Like you, you can let go of the anger. Like. You, I know you had struggles and trauma, but like you can like take a deep breath and just be nice to your boy. You know? Oh my god! Do you want to hear something horrible? This is, I don't. Maybe I'll cut this out. But like, do you want to hear something? Like this I is, do actually. Uh, yeah, this I is going to boil your blood. I mean, this Ooh, is going to go tell you I'm about like the upset. kind of person. Like my 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 husband was with my dad and my cousin. My cousin okay. is a lawyer lawyer, and he's married to a doctor and she is incredibly successful he my cousin when they broke up years ago like my cousin was still in college when they broke up my cousin was devastated this is the love of his life i'm prefacing this by saying my dad and my husband and my cousin are out uh riding their motorcycles because that's what that's what you do in Florida on the Saturday. That. Wait, that's so sweetie. Okay. Yeah, sweetie, right? So far, so good. So far, so good. And my dad like turns to my cousin. And I'm getting this all secondhand. So alleged. I'm not I wasn't. Alleged, here. we weren't there. I'm driving back from Hilton. Yeah. 
<laughs> Although I would love if you were there. And <laughs> then just be like, oh, Emma Dumont, what are you doing here? Ooh, You're like, it was I a don't... wrong turn, bitch. Welcome to my neighborhood. <laughs> wrong turn you know what's so funny somebody said something the other day and it wasn't no it wasn't you somebody was like yeah the universe will take care of those bad people and i was like nice to meet you i'm the universe <laughs> oh my god i love that that is i love that bde like please we all need that in this country but so my dad turns to like my cousin and he's here like you know women past 35 <gasps> like they have no like they're done with their prime and he's here like a men just want a woman who wants to who who wants to make food and make sure that the family is taken care of. And I am like, I, I'm getting this all secondhand. And I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck is wrong with someone like this? But that I say this, this is story. his uncle. This, this is his uncle saying his uncle about and, his wife. Like, and literally, and then, you know, Jeff isn't, my husband isn't included in the conversation because, you know, he's gay. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't understand, <laughs> you know, the needs of a man, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. having a hearty meal, like, oh, you know, like they just order takeout every night. Those, you know, <laughs> those fairies love their trendy, <laughs> you know, pan Asian fairies food. love their grub hub. <laughs> grub hub sponsor us. Um, yes, please. Thank you. We do love code. our grub hub. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. But when I heard that story, my initial, I was driving down and I told Jeff, I was like, I don't want to hear this. I can't hear this. But then yeah. as I was by myself, because it's a, I was in Hilton Head, it was an eight hour drive. I was like, wow, this is someone who's so angry at the world that didn't even look at my mom, who he's been married to for like 50 years, did not even look at her as a partner. As a partner, and even as a human. Human. And like. I cannot ever imagine not turning to the person I'm spending decades with and not value that. What does that say about you as a person? Dude, you know, it is wild, but it's culturally so accepted in so many different communities in the States. Why is that okay? And even if it, people don't say it outright, it's like a, it's like a, you know, I say like behavior is a language yeah. just because someone doesn't say like, I'm sexist, I'm homophobic, I'm transphobic, I'm a bigot. Doesn't mean that they don't act that way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm shocked that your dad even said those words, especially to his uh, nephew. <laughs> to, to, to his nephew, who is like, again, married to a doctor who's making more than him. And my cousin has yeah. said on more than one occasion being like, I assure you, I can give a flying fuck who makes more money. And if she does... I'm t- I'll be the stay at home, you know, I'll yeah, do right. Everything. Like, give me my allowance. Yeah, mama. give me my allowance, mama. <laughs> like my sugar mama, like whatever she needs. Like it, it just it's so baffling because if you met them, like you would be like, this is a pair that gets along really well. Like, yeah. And I say this. Wait, why did they break up? Why did they break up the first time? Oh, they were. Oh, my God. They this were kids. Was, they were kids. They were like in their mid 20s. Oh and they Scandal. had never their their high school sweethearts. Oh, yeah. I get it. I get it. Enough said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, like, but it's like, does your father believe that like being a doctor is useless? I Yes. By the way, sidebar in general, you called it right there. My dad has said, what do doctors know before? Okay. Like, well, it's insane. I, I understand, though, because I understand why he feels that way. There was so much fear. There was so much active like racism prejudice that does go on in the medical field absolutely so i i'm not gonna say i don't understand where he comes from but gosh i hope if that man ever gets sick that he goes straight to a doctor well he has not a but b yes that that is a different conversation for another day but like 
Listen, I I want to I want to pull the thread of what you said because like just like any profession out there in the world, there's some people who are very good at their job, and there's some people who are just really bad. I mean, I know yeah. I'm I'm so bad evil, too. Evil, <laughs> evil people, no shit. No, you're great <laughs> so, at your job. No, you are um, fantastic. No, you're, you're, you're a star, dude. No, you're I'm not an, fantastic. Got, you're a literal star, literally. No, uh, no, I'm not. Do you know how many DMs I get about you? Like everyone's like, it's oh my like, god, it's Pilar's, it's Emma. I remember you told me last time you were like, I got eight DMs about you. And I was like, great, let's make it eight million. And maybe I won't be home. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was in reference to like a specific comment or something like that. Like I'm it kidding, wasn't. I'm kidding. But no. no, everyone is so sweet. I honestly am so appreciative. I just get nervous. I'm like, I don't think I deserve anyone's like attention or anything like that or anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like me. What? Anyway. Well, I mean, listen, it, why not you? You know, like why? Well, for many reasons. Um, where should I start? <laughs> That's episode number five. Um, no, I I forgot where we're going with this, but um, Me neither, some people are just bad also. at their jobs, so it's okay to be t- just trustworthy of some yeah. stuff like it's fine like yeah. that's not but like in general like if you're sick you do need to seek some kind of you know yeah. support for please that please physically do. like please do yes please you deserve that you deserve, you deserve to be alive absolutely yeah. you deserve that and yeah, you know, like, do I, I trust all lawyers do i trust all politicians mm, probably not oh you shouldn't trust lawyers my dad's a lawyer don't 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 trust them yeah i know <laughs> this just came full circle i know look at that <laughs> Look at that. I'm obsessed with you. I cannot believe I got you and Lenore on the same Zoom. I know. I'm so grateful. She's amazing. She's such a star. I wanted to ask her. I wanted to be like, hi, give me advice. Because there's this like, there are certain like laws or protections put in place by the UN. Basically like, no, or by the UN and also just like by, I don't know who made the decisions. I don't know. We're so new. Humans are so new. But basically like no one government can help another government. Well, no one government can go into another country and change things or enforce things, right? Because that would make no sense. However, what if they went into another country to, like, help, to assist? If maybe some Canadians, Canadian people and some Mexican people came up and were like, hey, U.S., y'all are crazy. We're just going to help you out a little bit. Like, (laughs) like, just a little bit, just a little bit, whatever you guys want. If y'all, if all 360 million of you want, like, such and such out of office, we're just going to, like, no, no, we're not going to touch anyone. We're not going to force anything. We're just going to go there and be like, hello, madam or sir. We, we were, um, we're crying you to step down from your office or your position as a public servant. Like, I just, we just got a little bit of help. I just want a little bit of help. Apparently I, that's crazy. It, it is like it's it's ludicrous to think that like we live in a world right now where like our systems are so broken that even the thought of like getting an assistance or some kind of like advice, it's like, oh, my God, you know, like it's I don't know. I, I just I'm not shocked by anything anymore. But and... this is how things like abusive governments are able to st- I'm not going to name any yeah. names, but like, you know, maybe don't kidnap everyone's pet and murder it. You know, oh, like maybe I... don't do that. Sorry, trigger warning. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's I'm fine. So sorry. It's just like we we just live in this world right now. Where yes, we just live here. We were born. I'm not here. shocked we by anything. Yeah, we. You're right. And by the way, that was one of those aha moments for me when I, you know, re- why not you? Well, for someone like me, seeing what you were posting about, like, oh, you're giving me gray hairs, like a parent saying that to a kid. It's like why that is a form. Of emotional abuse. The kid did not ask to be here. You elected to have that kid. And 
that was an aha moment for me when my dad, my dad has said far worse shit. Like, I wish my dad would be like, I have gray hair because of you. Like, that yeah, would right. be. Yeah, right. That's like, yeah, me too. That would like, be great. Like, was, yeah, like, oh yeah, my yeah, God, that would be wonderful. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Let me buy you hair dye. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, we can, let's go to the salon. Like, yeah, like on, on me. Like, let's get your on hair done me, on me. Yeah. You know, but like, love you. But like, no, wow, that is like my parents, like, that used to say, we talked about this. Oh, it's not, it's not me. You, you don't have other parents. You're so lucky to have me as your parent. Cause it's the other parents. Yeah. That they're, don't the bad ones. they're the bad ones. I'm the good one. And that yeah. sort of like what? Stockholm syndrome, like really fucks That's, with you. Well, and, it's so dangerous because we are conditioned from, they say like, you know, like research suggests experts say that children don't understand the idea that their parents could be wrong about anything. If my, if I was a four year old and my parent told me something racist or bigoted in any way, I would say, yep, that's a hundred percent true. Cause I'm a four year old. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so when parents tell their children, I'm the best parent ever, I'm better than every other parent, but they're still being abusive. Children believe that there's something wrong with the child because they think, oh, my parents, the best parent ever. And yet they they hurt me or, uh, you know, emotionally or physically, whatever it is. I must be bad. Yeah, and so, I'm the and, wrong one. And even I'm the wrong one. And even further, not only can children not understand that their parents could be wrong, they actually cannot cognitively understand that their parents could be emotionally, com- like completely emotionally immature or coercive. They don't understand that. Well, Which it, sucks. Well, because also, like, your brain is cooking during some formidable yeah, years. Yeah, like, I'm we're dum dums. Like, we're, we're dum dums. We're just we're cute. We're like cute little dum dums <laughs> who like pose in front of photos and stuff like yeah. that. And then once you become of a certain age, you start questioning things. But like, you know, it's taken me decades to like take that programming that I've gotten from my parents, and it's only during a time where things are really bad for them then that do you realize they're. There are cracks in that foundation. There are snakes on this fucking plane. Ooh, there are snakes on this snakes plane, baby. And plane. roaches. And roaches. Flying <laughs> ones like in Florida. <laughs> oh my God, they do fly down here. Do not I, come. Do I not. Just stay no away. No. I can't. Ugh. I know I'm it scares the it. shit out of me. But like, <gasps> here's the thing though. And it's like, I, I don't know what it was, you know, like why you cannot have a conversation with your parents and you guys can be equals at a certain point point you know what i mean like at a certain point in your life like why does that dynamic stay why does it not evolve no relationship that stays stagnant ever endures and unless you're gonna have a parent who evolves and by the way sidebar the 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 parents my parents used to say like those are the bad ones they have the best relationship with they are the best parents same exact same absolutely i'm like great awesome yeah yeah no you're right though the reason is i believe that there were generations upon gen- again back to the depression thing i think there were yeah. generations upon generations of people who had children because they thought having kids would fix them in some way fix their life make them happy that's not what happens it makes it worse and then you're abusing a child no yeah. one wants to be a child abuser no so if you are messed up go to therapy don't have a kid yeah work on yourself the world deserves to know the best version of you I love that's that. That's such a yes. sweetie way to say it. Yes. And you deserve to know the best version of you. You are. I forgot who said this, but like, I, I forget. I read it somewhere, but like. Eleanor Roosevelt. How uh, <laughs> much I published her book in, in uh, fucking Harper. And I don't remember because I read it really quickly. It was a reprint. Um, oh. But no, she said, she said, oh, and I have another real wonderful quote. Maybe I can share later, but. Um, Please. But the quote I read is like the world, like you are robbing everyone that you walk into a room 
and you're not giving your best version to them because you could be inspiring someone who needs that. You know what I mean? Yes. Who really needs that. And I've had days where someone has like totally turned my day around. Like even if it was just like being kind, a gesture, a a piece of guidance or advice, like, yes, it's a real thing. Also, Paul, speaking of publishing, I'm writing a children's book. I am so happy that you are doing something like that because the world needs it. I'm putting you in touch. That's so sweet. Have I put you in touch with any of my? Did I ever put you in touch no. with my friend Erin Wicks? No. Shout out no. to Erin. She doesn't listen. She was my old Aaron, work life. Erin, we love you. She's, oh, no, I know all about Erin. She's an editor, and I think she would be. Let, let's take this offline. Really? But, okay, let's take this offline. But let me tell you really quick. It's tell called me about when the book. Mo- Well, it's called When Mommy Isn't Kind. And then there's going to be a When Daddy Isn't Kind. And it's just like re- letting children recognize when, like, maybe something's wrong. Because again, we don't know. We think they're perfect because they tell us they're perfect. I'm so. this is such a good idea. Let me tell you, it's it's funny because there's this book out that's called I'm Glad My Mom Died. I'm Oh yeah, Janelle McCurdy, of course. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. This yeah, is yeah. like the childhood version of that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And they Could need not kids more. versions of <laughs> No, they do. And yeah. the great thing is I actually know people right now who are going through like um court hearings and custody battles with abusive exes, right? Yeah. And there are unfortunately situations where courts my situation where the court makes a mistake and puts the children with the abusive parent. And mm. maybe that kid needs that book and that dad or that mom wants to buy their kid that book so that they know that when mommy or daddy isn't nice that that's not okay and that they need to tell a, a safe adult but do you know like what you just said the best advice we could ever give when i was on the you know publishing end best advice you can give or ever give an author who's stuck or is unsure of their book what? write the book that you wish you could have pulled off the shelf when you were oh, a kid or an- wait, I'm gonna cry now. Wait, don't that's- cry. I like everything I really wish someone would have told me that it like wasn't my fault. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I want this no, like, out there yeah. that these kids need it because it's still happening today. I don't care whatever veil of Instagram parents are putting out there. I have literally seen people being like, Hey, I'm with my kid, instant live, and then put the phone down. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you, you doing? Know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you know, like and I'm like, that poor kid doesn't understand that this that is something fake. else. Yes, and- they don't get it. And then they're confused. They're like really like the new addiction is social media. Our yeah. our parents, the addiction was like drugs and alcohol. And so yeah. like we understood that they were one person when they were sober and another person when they were drunk. And then these kids are now learning that their parents are one person when they're in public and one person when they're in private and or public meaning social media. And it's just like sad. It's all terrible. It. I'm so happy you're writing that book. Little Emma Thank needed you. to see to pull that she book did. off the shelf. She and... did. And I have an a, a illustrator and we're like going to do it. Oh, my God. Wait, do, do I know the illustrator? Is it someone in no, our... No, 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 someone... no, 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 no. This is someone who is... Um, Undiscovered, let's say. Uh, well, that those are the best kinds. I'm, yeah, I'm telling you. We'll do it for cheap. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't well, put that on the air. No, no, no. We'll, we'll omit that part. No, but you know the way <laughs> the way book publishing works is if someone acquires it, you both get paid. So it's it's a joint venture. You yeah, both no, are exactly. Gambling together. And that's you the, both that's get, the thing. That's yeah. what I and I also like. I love working with people and I know that their interest is in the project and not yeah. in like the financial yeah. gain potentially. And like, I think everyone deserves to be paid for their skill, their trade, whatever. I just don't have the funds right now to pay someone. So yeah. that's, you know, and I'm so grateful to this illustrator who's helping me. So 
I'm so proud of you and and the illustrator. Congratulations on the I want to I want an advanced copy and we can plug absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I was going to publish it on like Amazon cuz you can like self-publish on Amazon now. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, listen, I've in the past I've always said like I've told people, "Oh, shy away from like they they're called vanity presses." But in today's world, what is what is vanity press? It's just a, the the term for self-publish. It's a term okay. for self-publish. But okay. The thing is, I also live... just don't like want. I don't want like Bezos to like own it. Yeah, well, I don't know if Bezos. I, I, I'd have to look at the con. If they send you a contract, send it to me and let me take a look. I know where the, the little pitfalls are in okay, those. Yeah, but like, I think when you do the the self publishing route, you reach a lot more people, especially if you have an audience or a platform or room you've already created, which you have. Oh, great! Okay, and cool. I think that it goes directly to the people who need it, and you can work a lot on distribution and stuff like that versus. You know, it, it's just the market is very different today than it was like 10 years ago. Of so course, I, yeah. I definitely think doing the self-published route goes a long way. But I also think you're exceptionally talented and you could probably get one of the big five. Let me introduce you to my friend Aaron really? on email. Okay. Oh, my yeah. God. Or sorry, it's like the big four now. I forgot what it is. I haven't been in yeah. for a minute. Whatever. Like Fuck them. We don't game. care. I don't care. <laughs> I got out of that world. Did not, Fuck that. Yeah, did not have the best time in Harper Collins, but there are Bye, a lot of, <laughs> But there are a lot of really talented editors. And yeah. a voice like yours, I also think you should do like a memoir, nonfiction, or some kind of route well, like people that. People keep telling me that. I'm like, no, I'm not interesting. I can't like there's you nothing are. to say. I'm sorry. You have <laughs> you have an ability to to really connect with people. And like here you're very honest and you're very raw and like you may not think that and that's fine but like other people are benefiting from how you are approaching communication now so i'm sorry that's my my two cents paul, i think you should totally do it paul paul should we write a book together about <gasps> abusive parents i'll send you links to the stuff i've already published like like it okay. is absolutely my dad you know so I, i've talked about body dysmorphia one this one time I landed in Miami years ago, like maybe three, oh, four God. years ago. Yes. And my dad had just lost a lot of weight. And he okay. looks at me and goes, look at me. Soy anorexia again to me. And, we, you know, the times I've gone into my dad's office because my mom used to be his paralegal. And obviously my mom is gone. My dad will speak in Spanish saying, oh, my son doesn't understand Spanish. But like, yeah, I suffer from an eating disorder. And he too suffered from an eating disorder. And I'm like, so he is fully aware. He's fully, fully aware. aware of what, and yeah. I'm like, why wow. are you talking about my story? And listen, I mean, it, I don't have much room because I because I've published stories about that. I was going to say, isn't it public knowledge? <laughs> but, but like, it's public but knowledge. Still, but still, like, you're talking about me as if like, first of all, I understand Spanish dipshit. Of like, course you do. Like, I grew up I in fucking Miami and like, I'm smart, <laughs> A. And B. Like, does he know you even? No. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. But like, it, we, we, those stories out there, I forgot what the point here was, but like abusive parents, like it, it takes on yeah. so many different forms and it morphs mm -hmm. throughout your life. It's not even just saying a bad comment. It's just how they are and that's Dude, again yes. going it's back to what behavior. you said about some of these sayings you're giving me gray hairs it's damaging so yes we will write a, a fucking book we will publish essays Wait. but i i think your kid's book little emma is gonna be so proud proud of i me. know i'm like healing my inner child <laughs> oh my i'm gosh, like go, i'm gonna go like hand them out to all the like schools i'm gonna be like hi this needs to be in your library <laughs> they're like who are you
my god you're gonna be like regina george like who photocopied like the burn book you're just gonna yeah, be going through like throwing, yeah, just throwing like, it like everywhere. read read everyone read while these little kids are like revolting i love it <laughs> i'm so proud of you you're such an incredible talent oh i'm so proud of you you're such an incredible talent mm. period pale and compared <laughs> and with that i guess we're done <laughs> we're done for tonight yeah uh, oh my god